morning, Severn Run. It is such an honor to be able to be with you today. And I just want to welcome all of you all who are, um, are watching online on Facebook and YouTube. And just want to continue to encourage you to be interactive and to let us know that you're here. Take just a moment and, and just say, hey, I'm here. And then throughout the, uh, the message, feel free, please, to, uh, to respond, to share where you are, and, uh, and just to be, be interactive today. Today, we're beginning a three-week series launching uh, our vision for 2021. Today, I want to set the foundation of the vision ahead, and I want to just begin at the beginning and offer some clarifying uh, direction in all the fog of this season that we're living in. I want to use a, a word for love that, that you may know. Um, it's not a churchy word. It is the, the heart of everything. It is the word agape. When we think of love, we often think romantic or some other direction, but, but I want you to think a little more carefully and biblically um, about the agape of God, which is love of a different kind. This is the selfless, um, creative, activist love of heaven. And, and agape is the center of scripture and the art of all of God's story. Agape is the center of everything. It's divine power. It is the activist love for God that produces an active love for God. And whenever the agape of God is received, it produces ongoing, continually in us, a, a new day-by-day -day love for God that, that changes us forever. Agape equals impact. So keep that in mind. And when I use the word agape today, you can translate it to love, but love of a different kind. John 3.16 demonstrates this, one of the best-known verses of the Bible. For God so agaped. He so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God acted that whoever responded actively to this divine love would be forever changed, beginning in time, echoing through all of eternity. This is a do-something love. And one of the things that I want to uh, really kind of knock down, if I can, in these next three weeks is this, this kind of transactional vision of salvation that, that has taken hold in the life of, of many of us, uh, many churches, that it's this transactional sort of uh, life insurance sort of a thing, um, but it's a salvation that is static and not, not dynamic. It is, it is religious, not life-changing. And the agape of God is a love that did something that uh, when let loose in life, it, it does something as well. So let me set the context. Where is the church right now? Well, honestly, it's the same place you are in a hard COVID season. The church is financially challenged. Um, you know, we, we are... Um, we are a, a, a gathering of believers who gather on Sunday to be the difference throughout the other uh, six days of the week. And, and for 34 weeks or so, we really haven't been able to gather. Um, that's challenging, to say the least. And so a part of that challenge has overflowed into to the place where we are financially challenged. And I know that many of you are financially challenged as well. The church is facing the challenges of being the gathering that can't gather then. 
Um, and, and what that means is that the church, both us and all churches, um, are, are at the crossroads of extinction or invention. And I want to let that sink in for just a little bit because extinction and invention can be slow processes as well. They, they can be uh, not instantaneous realities. And, and so it doesn't mean that, that uh, as we wind down through COVID sometimes next year, that every church is instantly going to die. But it may well mean that the church has caught viruses of fear, of can't, of, of scarcity, of, um, of you know, this, this withdrawal kind of an attitude that, that it's, it's sowing the seeds of its own death. And by the same token, the church that rises um, and, and, and is allowing the agape of God to, to work in its midst, this is the church that will be reinvented. And it won't be the same as it was before because it doesn't need to be the same as it was before any more than yesterday needs to be the same as today. It is new. It is next. It is, it is the ongoing work and growth of, of, an, of an eternal God. So I choose uh, reinvention over extinction. What is then setting the context for, for uh, the vision of 2021? What is this, this COVID season? Um, is it punishment? No, it's a test. It is a test. Well, what's a test? <laughs> you know, uh, it's not punishment. A test is a trial designed to prepare you for success. Uh, every test you ever took in school wasn't designed to punish you, although I certainly acted as though many were. Um, but but the tests that we're given in life, both literal in school and, and metaphorical in life, these are, are trials, certainly they're challenges, that are designed to prepare you for succeeding. And it's really important to keep that in mind as you interpret your life, uh, God, uh, these days around us, and, and, and COVID. James 1-2 says this, and, and I want to be honest with you, this is a verse I, I know to do more than I often actually do. And uh, I'm working on it. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, the, uh, the Greek um, kind of indicates multi-hues, multi-colored. And so it's this whole spectrum of difficulty, um, things you don't like the unexpected, um, the pushback in life, this whole spectrum of what we might just call hard. Consider it pure joy, uh, not a, a mixture of, of anything negative, life-defeating or anything else. This is just, this is just the agape of God at work preparing us for succeeding. And it says, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith, God allows tests. Individually, seasonally, culturally, and nationally. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You see, that's the goal of God. My goal is to be comfortable. I don't say these things. Again, I've told you before, it's really 
a great practice in spiritual growth to say your, your silly stuff, your stupid stuff out loud so that you can actually hear your, yourself and, and, and face the truth rather than kind of being uh, religiously co- covert um, uh, about your immaturity. I honestly would rather um, have the, the ease and comfort of what I would call blessing instead of the hardship and struggle of, of what God calls a, a trial, a test. But my goals are different than God's goals. God's goal for your life and for my life is that you and I become mature, whole, that, that the image of Christ is formed in us, that we are like Christ in all things, and that the glory and the purpose of God is, is revealed in us the same way it was in his son. Now, my goals are slightly less than that. My goals are, uh, are, are more like the two-year-old walking, you know, down the aisle of the grocery store who sees the sucker, you know, at the checkout stand and says, Mommy, I want it now. Um, God's goals are that we persevere through these trials and tests and that he matures every life-changing step of the way. And that the end result is not that we had it easy or we got rich or people knew us or fill in the blank with whatever you think is important. The end of the day, the end of the goal is that we're mature, whole, complete. We don't lack anything as we stand facing Jesus face to face uh, at the dawn of eternity. Of course, test results vary. And in every test, we rise to the challenge uh, that brings out our best or we fall into some pit of fear and failure. And and again, just being confessional and real, um, this is something that I struggle with all my life and probably will for the rest of my life of of this, this fork in the road choice when things are hard to rise and not fall, to hope and not fear, to look at Jesus and not my own will and understanding of the context and circumstances. Don't be surprised that God who loves you lets you learn to struggle successfully. In uh, John 16, 33, uh, Jesus said something pretty remarkable. Um, And it's not only remarkable what he said, it's remarkable when he said it, uh, how he said it. So, um, let me let me just literally just read that to you uh, carefully and cautiously so that you get every word of it. Now, um, Jesus said, I, I've told you these things, right? Everything I've spoken to you for a reason. It's, it's not purposeless. It's not, uh, you know, it's not to make you like the scribes and Pharisees and these other these other people. Who, who are different than me, the reason I've told you everything is so that in me you may have peace. Not that you have an easy life with no trials and no struggles, but that you might have the peace of God hovering over your life, overflowing in your heart. And then Jesus said this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring that peace not by giving you an easy life, not by making everything go your way, um, no, he said, in fact, I'm going to, I'm going to be very real with you. And up front, he said, in this world, you will have trouble, but so what? He said, take heart. I have overcome the world. So, so the trials 
our call to rise and trust and focus and and grow and become what the agape of God died for us to become. And, and of course, the glory of the story of the gospel of Christ is that agape can't be killed. And on the third day, it rose and it rose to live in you and your family and your actions and your vision for life. So where's the church headed in 2021? Well, in this hard, challenging season, which honestly um, has challenged me just about as much as any season I've ever been through as a pastor in my 41 years. Mm, times it's been depressing, and it's certainly been hard, and, and um, man, has it been a challenge. But what's the challenge? Where's the church headed in 2021? It's going to rise. Uh, we're not going to fall. Um, we're not going to make moves that plant the seeds of extinction. Uh, we're going to rise and trust and receive the agape of God and welcome the, the, the trials that he has for us and let him sow the seeds of his agape love that will make all things new, that will invent and reinvent us in him day by day, uh, that will grow us in effectiveness on our mission. That's where we're headed in 2021. And very specifically, in a measurable way, we are moving towards a reachable goal of baptizing 150 people into life-changing salvation and world-changing service. I'm going to unpack that in the next couple of weeks as well. We're, we're headed to choosing reinvention over extinction in the clarity of the Great Commission, Matthew 28. I'm going to share that with you in just a moment. Years ago, uh, when I was in a time of confusion seasonally in my life, a very wise pastor said to me, he said, Drew, when you don't know what to do next for God, do what he told you to do last. In other words, go back to what God told you to do that you know you're supposed to be doing. And you do that with all of your heart and all of your might. And, and that last will, will reveal your next. But you're never going to find the next if you don't obey and do what God told you to do, to do last with great clarity. And one of the, the greatest points of clarity in all of Scripture is Matthew 28, 18. The great commission, the great co-mission, the great shared vision and mission of God. We're going to be moving towards living agape. This agape of God, life-changing salvation. It's got to change us before it changes anybody else. And, and again, we'll be unpacking this more, um, but, it, but we're going to be starting something new in the new year. Uh, I don't know exactly what we're going to call it, but, but right now I, I would call it last Sunday serving. And what I mean by that is that on the last Sunday of every month, we are going to be the church in our community serving uh, somebody somewhere as the active agape of God. And those who are, who are guests will show up on that Sunday. The rest of us are going to be out in the community being Jesus to our world, uh, serving in a visible way that can't be denied. And, and they will come here and they will see a wonderfully prepared service just like you are. And they will be welcomed and greeted and loved and hopefully even fed. And, and they will be hopefully inspired to say, you know what, I want to be a part of a church. It doesn't just talk about Jesus, but they actually live him. So that's where we're headed in 2021 is through to this activist 
agape response of, of being the church in the world, actively serving on the last Sunday of every month. We're also going to be moving in some ways, even though we're financially challenged. Um, I don't live with a scarcity mentality. Um, well, I and my flesh do. But in Christ, all scarcity is, is gone. In, in Christ, we have everything we need for life and, and godliness. This, the scripture says that in all things, um, that, that God provides and works. And so with that abundance mentality, we're planning on the growth ahead. And one of those areas uh, is in our children's, uh, children's area, our, our preschool, the, the remodel that we're going to do so that when we're gathered again, um, your kids and students who matter to us dearly will be able to have a new and a better experience. Um, and here's a little bit of what that's going to look like. Before I dive in to what I'm about to show you, I want to give credit where credit is due. These images are a result of amazing teamwork between Emily Gardner, our communication assistant, and our development leader, Rachel Swan. The both of them bravely took on this task, and let me assure you, it wasn't easy. In 2021, our kids' ministry wants to create physical spaces that will empower, encourage, and disciple our families. We want to create these spaces to creatively reveal Jesus to all kids. This is an image of what we hope our kids' atrium will look like. We wanted to create a fully immersive environment, one that would foster connections between our families, which is why we created the play places as a gathering spot. For this image, I want to draw your attention to one detail, the words fearfully and wonderfully made. We want each child who walks through this space to know without a doubt that they are fearfully and wonderfully made in Christ's image. Our redesign will continue that sense into the hallway and into the classrooms. Our physical kids ministry spaces will creatively reveal Jesus to all children. This is why we are creating a sensory room. Notice the word hello on the wall. Welcome to Hello at Severn Run, our future special friends ministry. The word hello is also found on our new check-in area in our kids atrium. The word hello is the first step towards acknowledging someone and the first step towards engaging with someone. If you hear nothing else today, I want you to hear this, that this is a space that we hope to create for all children because all kids matter, because all kids matter to Jesus and because all kids matter here at the Church of Seven Run. You guys are awesome. I mean it. Where's the church headed in 2021? Towards faith and growth. That's where we're headed. The central core of the call of God in the life of every human being ever born is to life-changing salvation that results in world-changing service. And the truth is that one produces the other. The agape of God, when it is received, it produces a life-changing salvation, not a static religious decision that, that leaves you unchanged through the years, but a day-by-day -day fellowship of Jesus in love that overflows into love that, that changes other people. This is our call. And everything we do in 2021 is not going to be a response to fear, to scarcity, to, um, to doubt. Uh, it is going to be a rise to the call of God. It is going to be a, 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 a yes to the test of God to reinvent his church, to be more effective on mission and to rise to the challenge of living on mission with a great and bold vision that's simply unstoppable.
So here's what I want you to do. I want you to rise to the challenge to be loved and then be love. Be loved through a faith that changes you. Say yes to Jesus in a personal way. Let the salvation of God truly come home. And, and, and if you've never been born again, we're going to talk about this in depth next week. If you've never said yes to Jesus, to allow him to, to restart your life, say yes to his love. Invite him in. A simple prayer. Prayer is a conversation with God from faith. A simple prayer that says, Jesus, I I open the door of my life to you. Please come in and take control of my life that acknowledges your brokenness. Forgive me of my sin that that expresses a, a desire for change. Lead me forward. A prayer that heartfelt is the opening of your life to love that day by day in God's agape way will be changing you forever. And here's the difference between sort of a cultural denominationalism, easy for me to say, and life-changing salvation. Our our religion can make us judgy. Um, It can make us religiously informed. We can know theology. Um, It can separate us from other people that we might consider inferior or wrong or left or right of us. can do all kinds of those things. But our salvation is going to change us. And through our faithfulness in the trials, it's going to, it's going to lead us into the love of, of Jesus Christ, of God the Father. And then it's going to overflow in us to impact the lives of others. If your faith never changes others, it's never changed you. Salvation is not a static transaction. It's a dynamic relationship that ought to be enjoyed day by day, that ought to um, day by day reinvent your heart. It ought to be changing you as a son or a daughter, a father, a mother, a a, a, a worker, a student, a teacher. It, it ought to be every single day making you more. And every single day, you're at least if you're like me, you're going to have to fight the, the fear and and the, you know the the gravity of of the fall that leads us into the the pits of dis, you know of of fear and failure. But Christ is more than helium <laughs> that lifts us up. Christ is is the agape of God, the activist love of God that's actually done something and has the power to to do impossible things. In the world, that's the story of every miracle in the Old Testament and every miracle in the story of Jesus in the New Testament is that that the agape love of God is powerful. I, I should say was powerful, is powerful, and will forever be power. And all of that is available to us and all of that is animate, active inside of us when we truly receive this love, we become this love to the world. Because Jesus came, we go. There's a lot of coming and going in the Bible. <laughs> and because Jesus came, we go. So resurrection night. Let me, let me take you to John chapter 20. Um, and, and on resurrection night, um, I mean, again, that morning, uh, there's an empty tomb. And 
and scattered disciples, and you talk about some, some hard days. That night, the disciples are locked behind a room, fearing arrest and execution. They were fearing the cross that, that killed their Savior. Jesus shows up behind these locked doors uh, of some very scared disciples who are very busy failing their tests. And this is what he said. Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. In a time of confusion and fear and anxiety and change, hear the clarity of the words of Jesus. In this test of life we're in, peace. And in the same way the agape of God came, we go. You go. Not someone else, not someone better, more qualified, more called, because there is no one more called than you if the agape of, of God is, is received in you. There's no one more called than you. you. You're it. So Jesus says to us who are often so aware of the, the failures and the failing grades we assign ourselves on our, 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 our life tests. Jesus says, no, I, I'm, I am giving you an A in the same way that I succeeded in, in the, the sending of my father, I'm sending you out in, in my successful peace. In season of great fear, confusion, and uncertainty, here are the marching orders that clarify everything for the church of the living God. In Matthew 28, 16 through 20, here's what Jesus said to us all. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him. There it was a perception of awe and an activist response to that glory. But some doubted. And so it will ever be. We cannot live by our fears. And you cannot live by looking around and seeing what others who are fearful are doing. Look to Jesus. Then Jesus came to them as he has to you and to me. And he said, communicating very clearly, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You can have confidence in what I'm telling you. In fact, you can be so confident that no matter what is going on in the world around you, you can live with a certain peace. You can live with a clear conviction. You can rise. My love has assured that I rose, you can too. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. You are not saved to sit. God's vision of the dynamic quality of your life was not that you do nothing for the glory of his kingdom, that your life have no, um, has no great part to play in his grand story. Your life is an integral part of the plan of God for the salvation of the world, but you have to be activist, you have to be going, and all of your going is got to be because you're awed by the love of a God who went himself who came to this world, who came to you, and whose love has touched your life and has softened your heart, and now you want others. You want them to be loved as well. 
Therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lead them to the starting line of life-changing salvation. And don't leave them there. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded. And surely, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So, what is the biggest test of your life right now? And for some of us, the question might better be put, what are the biggest tests of my life right now? But, but take a minute and honestly answer that question. And not just a minute. You may need to take all afternoon. What's the biggest test of your life right now? Do you believe in this test that God is punishing you? Or that God is maturing you for success? How are you doing on your test? See James 1, 2. Are you considering it pure joy? Do you understand the goal of God in making you just like his son in whom he delights? Are you rejoicing in the midst of your pain and confusion? Who's changed because of you? Whose life is different, better, because your life's different? Because your life's the work of active salvation, Christ in you, the hope of glory. I am struggling in this COVID season. But by the grace of God, I am learning to struggle peacefully and successfully and to be driven by a vision of the glory of this unstoppable love that, that refuses to stay down, that rose and causes us to rise. And I pray that you today and in the weeks to come will join me in allowing God to lead you to new and next and to a new vision and new clarity of purpose in the days to come. So here's my challenge. Rise to the challenge of your life, of these days, of this COVID season. Be loved by God in new and fresh ways every day and then go and be the love of God through a faith that changes you uh, because we have a faith that has changed the world in Jesus Christ. I am so looking forward to our journey ahead as we rise through this season. 